and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a few things to get into today. Not much. It's a pretty light week, but things are starting to loosen back up. Uh, the weather's looking great. States are easing restrictions. We're going to get into all that. Oh, and LSU got a few recruit signings. We'll get into that as well. Before we do, just want to remind you folks, if you're not already following us on Twitter, please do so at Talking Tigs, no G in Talking. Uh, we're also on Book as Talking Tigs Podcast, and you can find us on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, before we get going, just wanted to check in with the co-hosts, uh, like usual. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I mean, the weather here is great. Uh, we are officially off of lockdown, I believe, completely here in Georgia. Uh, people are taking advantage of it. I have not been out myself necessarily to take advantage of it uh i can but i haven't but um i don't know i know you guys are probably still under a little bit of a lockdown so um how is there for you both just you know yourself how you guys are doing of course but also you know how much to be to see states around you just starting to open up the gates but meanwhile you guys are kind of like staying put you're still under uh restriction I mean, Scott, all I can say is it must be nice, you know. <laughs> we got everybody in te- Texas, Florida, Georgia is all frolicking, just having a great, you know, start of May, the month of my birth. You know, it's just a, just a great time for anyone to be alive, especially me. But meanwhile, I'm just stuck, and we're all stuck. Daniel's stuck. The, the, the you know, LSU family at large is stuck. And, uh, yeah, and we get to – and, you know, meanwhile, our beautiful co-host across, across the uh, – across a couple of states is – He's just living it up in Georgia. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, it's uh, it's still pretty bad. <laughs> like, it's not fun sitting at home all day. So it's like on a positive note, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a <laughs> It's true. What can I say? Like, if, that's my positivity for the day. It's bad. I could say a lot worse. Um, but, you know, uh, that's that's life right now, I guess. Like, that's... A, Got a I got a call got a personal call from the governor the other day and he left a he left a voicemail on my on my phone and he told us that this is the new normal. So uh so yeah, that was cool. So I guess that's the new normal. Yeah. Was that still, a was that a no, I was gonna say, was that a robocall or like a did he actually call you? No, he, he did not actually call call me. It was a robocall. Oh, okay. <laughs> About to say. The you funniest thing things- was it kept it kept going like it kept like turning over like it couldn't tell that the I, the answering machine had like picked up or whatever so he just kept saying the same thing over and over and over so it recorded like three times it was very strange <laughs> glad you just got to have a, a chat with our i got a, an intimate an intimate discussion with john bell <laughs> with our governor john yeah, but- i'm doing okay yeah like tommy said still at home i think it's extended until next week um hopefully i'll be able to no it's not i mean that's not even a definite it's it's we're gonna reevaluate yeah in two weeks um so we'll uh, got the fingers crossed on that one hopefully can see the family soon but yeah doing okay i guess i'm still working so that's a positive at least not everybody can say that Tommy got that new microphone, so he's gonna be blessing us with those golden pipes. I was about to say, like, I, I, can y'all tell a difference? Like, I feel like my my new microphone, it, you know, it looks official. So hopefully, the, hopefully, it sounds as official as it looks. If it doesn't sound good, maybe just like it'll boost your confidence, so you can just be out there booming voice. But <laughs> yeah, I might just, sounds, I might just have to like. But uh, yeah, wasn't too much sports news. I think the only sports related thing I did this week was watch uh, the new Last Dance, the Michael Jordan 
last night, which was pretty good. Um, got to see Michael Jordan lose in a game of this like quarter tossing game to some uh, oh, security no, that was, that guy. Was hilarious. That was probably the best moment of the series so far. But oh, definitely. Um, when and he has to pay that he pays that security guy or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're playing this game where they're tossing quarters like to so see you can toss a quarter closest to the wall, and they're like they're they're betting Michael Jordan, big gambling guy, and then um, the security guy gets closer and michael jordan goes well oh, come on you cheated man you're like your quarter was rolling and the security guy goes yeah now your money's rolling straight into my pocket <laughs> and jordan's like get this guy out of here he goes security security right wait i am so that security. Was funny yeah I yeah think that's about you know, it, though. i i only saw I, I haven't seen any of the last dance yet so you know no you know no sports please uh but i did see uh you know just scrolling through social media i saw you know, people were making all these comments about how much of a, a gambler he was. And one oh, guy yeah. was like, you know what? Who cares? The guy made like 80 grand a minute. Yeah. He, 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 he liked to gamble. You know, that's what, oh, it was Cowherd, I think. Uh, Cowherd wrote, wrote something about it. He's like, you know, he makes 80 grand a minute. He's an email. That's what they do. But yeah, fair enough. Well, you know, that's what they said. Like when they were talking about it last night, he was basically like, I, f- I forget who, who it was. It was one of the, the, uh, one of the reporters who like covered him or whatever was like, yeah, you know, he, he, he would bet like 10 grand a hole in golf or like 10 grand on a hand of a hand of blackjack or whatever. But you got to understand for him, like 10 grand is like $10 for normal people. <laughs> so it's like, it's just not, it's like, and, and then, I mean, I liked what he said cause they, they kind of grilled him for a while and he was like, you know, they said, do you have a problem? And he was like, no, I mean, I'm not selling my house. Like, he's like, if I had a problem, my wife would be leaving me. I'd be selling my house. He's, he looked, he like held up his Rolex, was like shaking him. He's like, I'd be trying to hawk this watch to you. <laughs> and he's like, no, like, I, I just enjoy doing it. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. The other thing, Daniel, and we talked about, like, I texted you about this while we were watching it. And I don't know if you've ever heard, Scott, have you ever heard the story of like how he got to, how he got the Nike contract? Mm, no, no, I haven't. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's a really cool story. Um, and it, they kind of, they, they went over it like a little bit in the last dance, but like, probably not as like, you could probably do like a, a whole like thing just on like the Jordan, like how they signed him in the Jordan, like building the brand. Um, but he, uh, he didn't even want it. He was an Adidas guy. Like he always wanted to be Adidas. And, I that, yeah. um, I think in the, in the documentary last night, they said Adidas was like, yeah, we're just not in a good financial position. Like we can't take on a, a, uh, like a player. And then Converse at the time was like the number one shoe in basketball and like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird wore it. And Nike was the upstart and they only made like track shoes. Well then, but they like fly him and he didn't even want to take the meeting and his, but his, uh, his agent at the time, or I guess, I think he's still his agent was saying, uh, he was like, you know, he was like, you got to take this meeting. Like you got to do it. And the reason was that his whole plan for Michael was that he was like, we're going to market him like no other player has been marketed before. We're going to make him basically like a, like a golfer or like a tennis player, which like, you know, where it's like, they all, where it's like, they're the brand, not the team. And I guess like before then, like that was on her, of course, nowadays, like, you know, Steph Curry has his own shoe and, and uh, you know, Kevin Durant has a shoe and Kobe had a shoe and uh, you know, all the football, like, you know, football players have it. Tom Brady's got a shoe, Drew Brees, all of them. But before then, it was like not really a thing, and so they fly him into uh, Dana. What about that? <laughs> they fly him into the campus at Nike, like in Oregon, and 
they had this like this like bootlegged <laughs> bootlegged looking banner that said the nike family welcomes the jordan family yeah it's like something you could have gone out of kinko's and printed off like 20 oh, they, totally, bucks. Yeah. they totally i mean if it, it was like one step up from just like the people of nike like painting it like on a piece of paper <laughs> And, uh, but then they like, they basically said like, you know, we'll do whatever you want. Like any type, you know, you want a shoe, you design it all the way. Like you want this color, you want that color, you want this material, do it. So like, and of course the rest is history because Jordan's like, you know, almost as powerful as Nike at this point. You've got colleges wearing Jordan and, and, you know, not just, it's not just a basketball brand now. And they introduced, you know, they brought in, uh, Jeter and Jeter was like a, a Jordan ambassador. So it's real big now, obviously, but it reminded me of, and I don't know if you've, I don't know if either of you have ever, have you ever heard the story of like Steph Curry's, like when Steph Curry went to get endorsements? No. So on the flip side, like kind of shows you how a, like a brand and like a, a company can start out one way and kind of change. So Steph Curry, you know, like they, they literally rolled out the red carpet for Jordan, like just was begging and like had the sign up and knew everything. Like they, they contacted his family and wanted to get to know his parents and everything. Well, then fast forward, I guess, what, 25 years or 30 years almost. Steph Curry comes out of Davidson, and he's looking for an endorsement deal. They bring him in, and they, don't, they can't even say his name. Like, they didn't even know his name. I think they kept, call, they either, either, they kept calling him either Stefan or Stephen. It was one of the two. Probably like, Stephen. I think they kept calling him Stephen Curry. And he got fed up and was like, you don't even know my name. Like, I'm not uh, – I'm not, he was like, I don't want to, and they were, they were like offered him a contract and he just didn't take it. And that's what he went to uh, Under Armour. And now, you know, he's probably, I mean, yeah, I'd say he's up there. I mean, most people would say he's like the number two or three player in the NBA right now. And that's kind of been, you know, a big deal for Under Armour. They haven't really capitalized on it though, which is unfortunate. No, but it, yeah. Cause when you um, think about it, like as far as the, the, the like endorsement, like player endorsements in major league, like major league sports under armor has probably like one of the best lineups, especially for like a, a smaller company compared to like Nike or Adidas. Cause they have Tom Brady, Bryce Harper, Jordan Spieth and Steph Curry. It's good. Yeah. All they need is hockey now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if they make a hockey line, but I don't know if they do either. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, good details on, uh, on the, on the endorsement deals and also on the gambling. Um, but to, to bring it back to, to our world, I don't know. Uh, I'm not quite the gambling man, but if I were just based on what we've heard lately, I don't know. Would you make a bet that we would still see football this fall or not? And I don't know. I just wish there was like, you know, just something out there to give me like a little bit of hope, just some little iota of something. You guys got anything? What about you, Tommy? You, you got anything? So, you know, I actually got a, uh, I got a chance to speak to somebody close to the LSU program. Um, he's been in, you know, some of the, some of the meetings and talking about hearing from some different sources as well, talking about, you know, just talking around campus about what he's, what he thinks. And uh, he said, and this is a little bit different than what my initial kind of thinking was. He said, there will be a season. Like they're going to have a season. But he said at this point, like he's, he says already uh, they've decided no fans and it's going to be an, it's going to start in October. So what? that's uh, what he says. I don't know. Like that's, uh, I know. 
And so that, that kind of goes against, you know, there's the, the, see like, there's so many rumors that we've talked about them all. We've talked about the spring season. We talked about the like halfway season where it starts in like November and goes till like February or something like that. We've talked about no season. We talked about the early, remember that remember like four weeks ago when it was like, Oh yeah, we're going to start in June and play the in the summer, season, yeah. the summer season. So there's like so many, there's so many different like theories or whatever. Um, I saw just today that, uh, I think it was Arkansas said that uh, they're going to be, they're going to be ready to go in September, September five. Like that they're so, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I don't know which one's the right one. I mean, before talking to my source, I was almost, I mean, I'm, I've kind of been very pessimistic about the whole thing anyway. I've kind of feel like they, they're just not going to let it happen, but um, he was, he was adamant. He was like, there will be a season. The unfortunate thing of course, is there will be no fans. And, uh, except for he did, he did mention, and I totally believe this. He was like, there will be no fans, but the suites will be occupied. So the rich people will go, will be, will be able to go to the games. Just not, just not the average, the, the average folk like our, ta- real, like our the real fans tigs. up there in the fourth seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the real talking Tigs fans won't be able to go. So sorry guys. Yeah. I mean, unless, obviously- and wait, unless the talking Tigs fans have a suite. And if they do contact us at talking Tigs. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll give you a uh, shout out on air or on recording, whatever. I uh, guess a, a season with f- no fans is better than no season at all, but it's kind of tough. I mean, college football is so like inherently tied to the the fans and the pageantry. I mean, I guess you could say that about every sport, really. But um, no, but I think, I think college football is different. I think the NFL could. I think you could get. I think the NFL pretty much works with works with fans with fans without fans. Whereas I think college football. There's so much, you know, like there's a student section in college football, mm-hmm. right? It like, just has like so much tradition and people are so bought into it. Like obviously people are big fans of their NFL team, but people, like, you don't really see a Harvey Updike for like the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I mean, I love to see the football and then the players deserve the chance to play. So uh, I'm all for that. It'd be weird to have a season starting in, you said November, you said October or October. Yeah. I mean, that's not a huge deal, especially for LSU. That might even be a little bit better. She'll have the baking hot games. Um, but we shall see. I think it, I think it's Scott, you kind of mentioned this cause you sent, you sent us that, that link um, to Greg Sankey's quote where he said, uh, you know, we don't need all teams to be, to be on the same page to move forward with football. And I think that kind of brings up, you know, like, hearing hearing what what my source says and then reading what the ad at arkansas says and of course i've heard we've talked i think we talked about this the podcast too like a&m is like they're they're ready to go like they're ready to play tomorrow um you know what like how i wonder how that will work for getting everybody together and like scheduling and all this kind of stuff because what if like lsu's like yeah we're not starting till october but then arkansas is like playing games you know, like, I don't know how that would work and I don't know how they would kind of put all like, like make ever make ever, all the, make it all fair, I guess. Right. Well, if they wanted to keep the same time frame timeline uh, as, as they do normally, uh, which would kind of go along with what Bill Hancock said about uh, the college football playoff being ready to go in January. Uh, you know, if they're just going to move it till October, it sounds like they're just getting rid of the three non-conference games or yeah. whatever uh the, the issue with the sec and another well mostly with the sec because uh you know we we've been known to schedule you know our our 
quote unquote cupcakes towards the middle or the later part of the season, you know? Um, so there might be some shuffling, but I imagine otherwise they could pretty much keep the same schedule. We usually play, you know, um, you know, like Mississippi state or one of our non, our, uh, you know, cross cross division teams early on. Then we play Florida. Then we have a, you know, maybe somebody else like an Auburn, then we get a break, then Alabama. And then we play, you know, two other teams, usually A&M now in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. So I imagine if they're going to do that or, you know, if they're going to get rid of bye weeks also, um, you know, I don't know if we need two or even one bye week if you're just playing eight games. They may not not schedule that in. Or if they do, it's, you know, there's still plenty of time because, you know, you usually finish the season before December. Mm -hmm. And then there's all this time off before the bowl season. So because it's not as grueling of a season, I wonder if they would – let it go into December a little bit. So that way that that conference championship game, if they still have it, would just be a week later, maybe two, but it'd still be, you know, way before the holidays. So it's, it's plausible. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult because, you know, normally, and I guess nowadays you have the week zero or whatever, but if, if, I, I wonder if they'll if if the NCAA or the SEC or whoever will set a okay this is where we're starting this is week one or if you know or if like like we said like Arkansas will be like well we're going to play our non conference games we don't care and then we're you know LSU's like no we're not we're we're going to start in October and like if everyone gets their SEC games in I guess it doesn't matter but then you'd have some real so, you know sore fans if if you didn't get the you know the style points against. Northwestern state, or on the other hand, like Arkansas loses to uh, rice and then like, Oh, well, 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 LSU didn't even have to play them. That doesn't count. You know what I mean? So I feel like that could be an issue. I don't even know if that's really being thrown around as far as like, I I don't know. You know what you see what I'm saying there? Like the, the differences in, in. Yeah. It's hard to to go apples to apples for everybody with such variable times and stuff like that. And then another thing is it would almost be crippling for a lot of the non-Power 5 schools that depend on those two to three money games a year where they make, I think it's usually like one to one and a half million to go play like, or ULM goes to play at LSU. And then their athletic programs operate on such like shoestring budgets for a lot of those places that that money is all that really keeps those programs alive. Because it's usually football is the only uh, program that turns a profit yeah. And it's only by a little bit and that little bit of profit funds all the rest of the sports. So like if they don't get that couple million a year, then the rest of the sports are kaput without even like taking the coronavirus into account. Well, um, you, Daniel, that brings up a good point because in my conversation um, earlier last week as well, he kind of, he said that same thing where, you know, it, and, it, and it's just a fact, like football is the only revenue generating sport for most colleges, unless you're Duke, you know, or North Carolina or, or Kansas or something where you've got, or Kentucky, where you've got a massive basketball program. Like, like you said, a school like ULM, um, you know, Louisiana tech, <clears throat> all of them are going to make all their money off football. And, and he, he was saying, you know, and this is something that people have talked about for years now is the conference realignment. And he was like, this is, this might actually like spur major conference realignment where he was, he was almost saying like, I forget how he put it, but it was like, you know, you might go from power five to power two, 
where you've just got like the absolute cream of the crop premiere. And this is something we've kind of talked about on this, uh, on this podcast earlier before Corona that like, really, when you think about college football at this point, there are like five, maybe six teams that are like real contenders every year. Um, and you throw a few, a few others in there as well. of like, you know, they, they're on the rise or whatever, but when the, when the dust settles and, and all the, the financial, uh, uh, you know, damage is done to a lot of these smaller programs and they can't even afford to, to operate for the other for the other sports, you know, who knows, who knows what, what the SEC, what the SEC, well, I, I think the SEC would probably be fine, but who knows what the rest of college sports would look like. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know how uh, it would happen if we turn into like Eastern and Western conference or like North and South conference and something like that would be pretty crazy. I've seen um, people talking. About, I, I don't think that would happen, but I've seen people talking about it. Or you like have the SEC and the ACC and then like half the big 10 and then is one conference and then like the PAC 12, the big 12, and then half the, the other half of the big 10 is the other conference. That'd be pretty interesting. And then you have two conference champions who play each other for the title, but I don't know. Hmm. But then at that point, you're just yeah. watching the NFL. <laughs> you're just watching the NFL, right. but it's college. Da, 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 da. <laughs> well, it would be interesting, though, if, uh, like you said, you know, say Arkansas did want to play Arkansas Pine Bluff or North Texas or whatever they do. Um, and like, well, we want to do that, you know, normally. So they do it in September. You know, if that's all the football that's on or, you know, other games like that, not really marquee games, but kind of like the XFL, if it's on, you know, we may watch it. There won't be fans in the stands, but, you know, maybe they'll get some some TV rights. So mm-hmm. maybe there's an opportunity for people to, to go that way. But as far as conference realignment, yeah, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard any of that, but uh, I always thought they could do something different. And mm-hmm. just just a, a weird idea to toss out there, which would keep things interesting. It would it might be confusing, but um, – there's there's a different model that I've seen and the English premier soccer league uses this model to where uh, let's say there's eight. I think Tommy, Tommy may know what I'm talking about. Uh, say there's eight teams. Um, the top seven get to stay in, but whoever's like, say for instance, the last person or the last team, if they're that bad, they go down to a different division. So for us, let's say it's Ole Miss and they drop out of the SEC West and they go to all this. <laughs> yeah. And they go to say, I don't know, the, you know, the MEAC or, or, uh, you know, the, the old slack, something like that. But, you know, they would have a chance to get back in if they won that conference the next year, but it allows whoever was in the MEAC, whoever won that one to play in the SEC West just to show, because, you know, somebody like UCF is going to continue to say, you know, oh, we won a national championship, but let's be honest do you think that they would have really finished better than Ole Miss in the SEC West that given year? Doubt it, but, you know, that would give them a chance to prove that. It's just a different model. I know they would never probably do that because, you know, now you're changing conferences every year, but it's just a chance for these other teams to give it a shot. I don't know. It's either that or like a 20-team conference. It would be the South Coast Conference. We would just swallow up the ACC, and uh, we would go from there. But we could do it. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I feel like I feel like if we did take, I feel like we wouldn't take all the ACC teams. I feel like you know, what I, mean? I feel <laughs> to be honest, I, I bet we'd take you know Florida State, Clemson, maybe Georgia Tech, Miami. Georgia Tech, an original SEC, an original SEC team. Make make Tulane an SEC team. Tulane, yeah, Tulane, which was an SEC team as well. Um, and then you know, would would we really take Wake? You know, I don't know. 
Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's I mean, interesting. But that, hmm? Yeah. But you could take Duke, like you said, or North Carolina. Yeah. Um, then that would give us some, some basketball credence, but I don't know. It's, it's a long ways away. Um, I don't know. Any, any other thoughts on that? Daniel, do you have any, uh, any thoughts on the, the conference realignments or? Uh, maybe they should just have everybody draw straws to see uh, what conference you get in. <laughs> it's like LSU versus like Colorado they, state or something. They put, <laughs> they put LSU in like LSU's like in the, in the sunbelt. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that the big wigs at these conferences are figuring things out to preserve their, their precious money in some way or shape or form. Yeah. Um, so they'll, they'll work some sort of scheme out. They can't just let that slip through the cracks for a year. So if they, but if they're not going to have any fans there, does that mean that they're going to play traditional like you know home and away games? Like I mean, they still have the still have the TV money, and that's the bulk of it, anyhow. Yeah, but I mean the fans aren't there. I mean they could could do it anywhere, really. And then the networks will jack up the ad prices even more because like more people will be at home, they want to watch, they can't go to the game, so then yeah. they make more ad money that way because they got more eyeballs watching. Yeah, I guess it's just the local economies that might get the short end of that because. It won't be 90,000 people traveling up the streets. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, definitely check back with your, uh, with your shorts and let us know. Cause we always love good nuggets like that. <laughs> um, and uh, speaking of nuggets, I think our recruiting, uh, our senior recruiting correspondent, Daniel might have s- some new nuggets for us because there were a few commits this week. Uh, yeah. Daniel, what you got? Yeah, we um I think we had two commits on last week's episode and we got another pair this week, uh, pretty exciting. So this was on Friday, I believe, yes. Uh they got four-star uh outside linebacker Xavier Carter from Atlanta, Georgia, and so he's kind of a stand-up outside linebacker uh filling in the defensive uh front. And then he actually went to the same high school as Arden Key former really? LSU pass rusher. So they maybe they kind of play the same type of role and he's trying to emulate that threat coming off the edge. So that's pretty cool. So uh, welcoming him. And then just like two hours ago, we're recording this on Monday evening, uh, we got a commitment from four-star quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer out of Marcus High School in Flower Mound, Texas. And so he was heavily rumored to be going to LSU for a while now. And he finally kind of pulled the trigger and said, all right, this is my school. So he is, uh, like I said, four-star, number seven-ranked pro-style quarterback in the country. I've, uh, I've watched his tape. He's got a cannon arm. He may not be the most athletic with his legs. He's a pro-style quarterback, but he can definitely chuck the ball, and he'll be uh, competing with the recruits we got coming in this year, Max Johnson and TJ Finley, for that job down the line. I, a couple of my cousins actually went to the same high school as him, Marcus, um, outside of Dallas, So, and they're – pretty much amazing like at every sport one of the big like dallas area programs and so he's mm. been holding it down are they one of those like 7a schools it's like massive i think they they got a couple thousand students at least i don't know like what division they're in exactly i'm pretty sure they're the largest in, like largest division in texas and yeah so that actually came on the heels today not to kind of rant for too long but um the number one dual threat quarterback who we've talked about multiple times on this podcast before Caleb Williams um, out of Maryland in the 2021 class announced his top three schools, uh, Oklahoma, LSU, and 
the Maryland Terrapins if it was to stay at home. And so that was this morning on Monday. And then Garrett Nussmeyer committed this afternoon. And so you kind of have to wonder, like, if Nussmeyer is saying, oh, no, this is the number one guy in the country and he's down to three, including LSU, should I try and, like, stake my claim right now on LSU, like, to be that guy? And then maybe, like, scare Caleb away and he'll go to Oklahoma or something (laughs) so I can get that starting job instead of having to battle, like, one of the best athletes in the country and because he'd been rumored to be going to LSU for a long time. And, but he just never made the decision until suspiciously like two hours after this other guy um, announced his top three. So I wonder kind of what the dynamics were there. And on the flip side, now Caleb Williams, he sees Garrett Nussmeyer committed. He's like, eh, I don't know if I want to battle this guy when I could just go to Oklahoma where they've had two Heisman quarterbacks in the last three years and a Heisman finalist the other year uh, and just be that guy. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. I kind of favor him to go to Oklahoma at this point, especially with the recent news, but still overall exciting news for the Tigers. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, I was kind of, when you texted um, and then I saw the, and I saw the tweets also is about Nuss Meyer's commitment. <clears throat> of course, your mind instantly drops to, to uh, Williams just because he's the top, like you said, the top, uh, you know, quarterback in the country I kind of I, I kind of feel the same way I think he's probably Oklahoma bound I, you never know though I mean LSU did end up getting two you know what I guess two four-star quarterbacks and wait was was TJ four-star or three-star I, I think he was four and three in different rankings yeah and then and then Max Johnson was a four-star I believe as right. well so LSU picked up two four-stars in the same class and you know they they obviously didn't mind competing with each other um so maybe it could happen again, but I kind of, I kind of agree with you. I feel like with this commitment and then, I don't know, I've just, I just at watching some of the Caleb Williams coverage and stuff like that. I kind of feel like he's an, he's, he's Oklahoma. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. One weird thing about that is that Oklahoma already has a pretty um, highly touted quarterback commit and Brock Vandegrift, who I think was originally committed to Georgia and then decommitted and then committed to Oklahoma but uh, he is like the number two like, pro-style quarterback in the country. So if he stays committed there and then Caleb Williams goes, that'd be a pretty fierce battle. And so I wonder how that's kind of playing into all this. If he decommitted and went to somewhere else, who knows? Does he go back to Georgia? I have no idea. But so that's an interesting dynamic. And then, um, yeah, one thing else I was going to say is that it brings us up to nine commits for the 2021 class in total which they're starting to round that out, obviously a long way to go to 25, but we only had like four, I think, or even less than that just a couple of weeks ago. So it's good that it seems the wave is kind of flowing in here towards LSU. Another weird thing is that not a single one of those nine players is from Louisiana. We have no commits from Louisiana yet. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, maybe we're, obviously we have some talented players, but I guess they're just holding out. Yeah, definitely. You know, speaking of wave, um, LSU also added a, a graduate transfer coming out of Harvard. Their their mascot is the – they're also the Crimson, by the way. Um, his name is Liam Shanahan. No idea if he's related to the Shanahan football family, but uh, this guy is like 6'5", 270. He's played both guard and tackle at Harvard. Uh, now LSU is, you know, pretty thin on the, the offensive line, so they, they needed to get somebody. And you're thinking, you know, how would this guy come about? Um not really sure, but uh, he's played all three years at Harvard, and he was uh, all Ivy League first team selection last year. So it just adds some some depth at a position that they they really really needed it. Um, plus, got a big brain. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it reminds me back to uh, you know when LSU was just 
going through QBs like like nothing, trying to find an answer. They they actually got a guy from Harvard, Andrew Hatch. So LSU was trying to establish a, a a little pipeline to Harvard there, which would be amazing. But uh, anyway, yeah, I just wanted some, to add that some big brains and some big hitters on the offensive line, uh, yeah. guys who can just hold it down. Exactly. Thank you for that, Daniel. Um, things are looking good. I mean, O, o knows how to recruit. You know, that's that's never been the uh, the issue there, and he's got all these other guys with him that are just just reaping the, the benefits, you know, Billy Bush, Mickey Joseph, all those guys. Um, so looking forward to that. And one final thing about like recruiting kind of, uh, kind of when you think about recruiting, normally we're talking about like high schoolers going to college. How are they going to be going to college? Like, Oh, he's a five-star. He's a four-star. I saw something where it was like a statistic that out of all out, every single first round pick this year was either a four-star or five-star athlete, like ranked, I think, by either either two either two four seven or rivals or the composite of like all the rankings together, but basically, you know, <clears throat> we always talk about like how important the stars are. A lot of times we're kind of like, oh, they're not that important. Um, or actually, I guess it wasn't. I guess it wouldn't have been all of them because George, Justin Jefferson went in the first round, and he was a two. Well, he, they always say he was a two yeah. star. I've heard that's not true. I've heard that he was like a two star once. Yeah. That's like people who said that like Joe Burrow was like a three star athlete. Like he was like the number like five quarterback or something like <laughs> coming out of high school. But, but regardless. Yeah. He was, there, yeah, he, yeah, he was Mr. Ohio. <laughs> um, but anyways, the, the point is, is that, is that, uh, and I didn't get the statistic perfectly right, but uh, the, the gist of it was, that like a strong majority of the first round draft picks were either five stars or four stars. And so like the, the way that, that we've been able to evaluate talent, um, you know, it's pretty crazy that, you know, you would think like, wow, you would think that a lot of, a lot of these five stars and four stars might end up being busts, but it turns out that like, you know, if you're a five star, you're probably going to continue on and play in the NFL. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because the phrase that like stars don't matter, it's very true in the sense that like anybody can become an amazing athlete and like become dominant. Like you said, Justin Jefferson, not highly ranked or like Carson Wentz. So I think was like a two star, maybe a one star athlete and then ended up going what number two in the NFL draft. Like anybody can make that rise and it could just because it's so hard to evaluate high school talent. But I saw the same stats as you. Yeah. The, the four and the five stars dominated this year. And that's historically been the trends. Like stars don't matter kind of on, maybe on a player level, but on a, on an overall talent pool level. Yeah. You're much more likely to be that top pick. If you're kind of one of the top guys coming out of high school. Yeah. So kind of cool. Something to think about. That's all good stuff. Uh, and speaking of recruits, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, some of these guys that, you know, like LSU's had recruits that, could play football or baseball or basketball. And, you know, some end up doing both, but I remember there was this one guy, he, he was fixing to sign with LSU as a quarterback. And then he got like a major league baseball contract and, uh, and went and did that. I think his name was Zach Lee or anybody like that. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of two sport athletes there, Maurice Hampton being one of them. Um, so, you know, being as the, there's no live sports, I'm watching a lot of, uh, you know, re-airs of things. But one thing I saw this week, I saw the LSU-Alabama game again, 
Uh, and that first half, ooh, I could just watch the first half over and over. I mean, we know how the game ends, but the first half was just amazing because mm-hmm. uh, it just did not look like a, a Nick Saban team. Um, and it was just, you know, LSU's year. But back to the story, um, the SEC uh, ESPN, they were playing the 2009 College World Series over again, which was LSU against Texas. Um, and, you know, Augie Guerrero was going for his, I think, sixth title and Paul Muneri was going for his first. Uh, and it was not too long after they initiated the, the three-game series, uh, and LSU was playing in, this, in this, uh, this title game, which they were airing. And it was interesting to me because I was listening to the announcers, and uh, you know, Les Miles was at this game because Chad Jones mm-hmm. was a pitcher on that team. And I thought it was interesting because towards the end of the game, I realized, holy cow, this guy – like came to LSU to play football. Then he like tried his hand at baseball. He was a pretty good pitcher. He he had some 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 heat in the uh, in the two or three innings he played. Uh, but he won a baseball championship. Never yeah. won a football championship. So that was just uh, something weird to think about. But then they had a little nugget later on. There was somebody on that team, that baseball team, that actually won a championship with Coach Miles back in two thousand seven. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you guys a, a quick guess just to see who it was, but um, I don't know. It's it's going back deep. Any takers? Wait, can you say that again, sir? There was a baseball player on the 2009 team that won that you know College World Series that also played on LSU's football team the year they won that football title uh, two years earlier. And was he a so he was a player he was a player on the football team as well, correct? He was a backup receiver, is how they phrased it. Was it was it Jared Mitchell? There you go. What do we have for him, Johnny? Yeah, good job. But I was like, wow, that's amazing. How many how many athletes out there have won a national championship in two different sports? Can't be that many, right? Uh, I mean, some guys, you know, you go to one school for a, a certain sport, odds are the other sports that, that he might play are not that great. Uh, you know, LSU football and track might be the exception because both are pretty good. But, I mean, who would have thought that there was a player that could win uh, win a title on two different teams? So, yeah, interesting tidbit, just in case that comes up in trivia for you guys somewhere one night. Yeah, but they saw less – you can see less miles at the game too. They're watching you know, both his players, basically. So I thought that was interesting. That, that was actually funny because while you were while you were you were talking about Chad Jones, I was thinking to myself, I was like, wasn't Jared Mitchell also connected to the football team? But I didn't. I, I was like, I wasn't sure. I was like, yeah, I, I thought he was, but then when you tease that, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, Good Chad catch. Jones was no. He was no. He was a true dual sport athlete. Like he was a great safety and a great pitcher. He went on to play. I I can't remember what he did first because you know the you know the whole Chad Jones story, right? About how he basically like had an almost fatal car accident. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. Dana? Where did he yeah. go first? Did he go to football or baseball? I think he went football. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, he was yeah. drafted. By, I'm, I'm looking it up by right the now. Giants, drafted, right? Drafted by the Giants. Yeah, and then in 2010 had a nearly fatal car accident in New Orleans. Um, had years long rehabilitation, had to learn to walk, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, eventually, 
yeah, got back in his form, had baseball tryout, and oh, he had a tryout with the Reds in 2019. Right. So I guess he's he's not playing, but to be able to reach that level of athletic talent again after that type of accident is crazy. Because like he was like almost paralyzed. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I re- I remember when that. I remember when. I remember when he went to the Giants, and then I remember when he got hurt. So, you know. Yeah, no, I, I remember that story, and it was just—I mean, that's gotta—that's gotta be horrible because he could have played in in either of those sports professionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to come back and at least get the tryout, uh, and then you know, he, his his leg was one one issue, but I mean, he could still throw the ball. That's for that's for sure. Um, uh, so I just kind of thought that just kind of thought that was interesting. Uh, just seeing some LSU history there, but you know, history underneath the history with uh, you know with football and baseball players. Um, that's pretty much all we had, you know. Other than the recruiting news, there wasn't really too much that came out. Uh, so, you know, having said that, do you guys have any uh, any last thoughts before we head out? Start with you, Daniel. Uh, shout out Devin White, number 40. This is podcast number 40 for us. Big number. So mm-hmm. representing. Uh, next podcast will actually be number 50 if you count our archive podcast. That's kind of a big milestone for us. Uh, so I've come a long way since then. That's about it. Right on. Oh, that is kind of crazy. Uh, I can't, I, I don't even, I mean, like it's so, it doesn't feel like it's been almost a year, right? Like 50, 52 podcasts. Like if we're we three weeks from now, should would be 52 podcasts. We haven't, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of us. You know, we haven't missed a week. We didn't take a week off for Christmas. We didn't take a week off for Thanksgiving. We've always been here and we'll continue to be here for the listeners delivering that content. So, um, you know, maybe we got it. I think I've got a little something in the works for us, uh, on a, for a special, for the special one year, uh, podcast anniversary, but I might even, I'll keep that a secret for the listeners. Might even keep it a secret from the, uh, from the, uh, the hosts as well. all right well stay tuned indeed uh looking forward to that um yep i guess we'll we'll just we'll catch you up next week we'll we'll go with the episode 41 maybe there's a famous player that wore 41 we just have to look it up uh but for now that'll do it for us here on talking tigs uh tune in next week we'll have some more good stuff for you here as always dedicated as always uh so we'll talk to you next time on talking tigs